Welcome to the Hive Podcast. I'm Olivia Roosh, an art student and this year's editor-in-chief. This podcast is brought to you by The Retort, MSUB's student-led news outlet. We're here to deliver relevant news to the MSUB community that is both educational and entertaining. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Here are a few things that are happening in the coming weeks. Friday, October 30th is the last day to apply for spring and summer graduation. Don't forget to order your caps and gowns at the campus store. Tuesday, November 3rd is election day and I want to see everyone voting in this crucial election. Go to our Facebook page to find the Montana voter registration application. Think you missed the deadline? Think again. In Montana, you can also register to vote on election day. You can do so in person at your local county elections office. The Yellowstone County Elections Office is located at 217 North 27th Street, 101. Do not forget to bring your valid Montana photo ID. The commencement on November 21st will be held virtually due to COVID-19 precautions. In today's episode, we will be discussing the upcoming elections and what's at stake. Worldwide this morning, growing concern over a growing health crisis. In the U.S. city of Portland, Oregon, Black Lives Matter protesters and federal law enforcement officials clashed again overnight. In Washington, D.C., a wave of opposition, a march with a message for the president. The tumultuous year that is 2020 is coming to a bottleneck decision for Americans. The votes we're casting this November decide which direction the country will head in to fight off a global pandemic. It will decide where we stand in a wave of violent civil rights protests. And it will decide who we are as a nation. Democracy, healthcare, women's rights, immigration, gun rights, and who will be making the most important decisions in this nation are all things at stake this election. Go out and vote. Voice your opinions on the ballot. The foundations of this country depend on it. We are on the verge of deciding the future of our country on November 3rd. An election where our voices can be heard and our votes can determine the leader of the free world for the next four years. I, I, <laughs> no, you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, would you answer that because question? the question you is the question is the question left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your folks? Absolutely folks, do you have any idea what this clown's doing? But we're not here to talk about that election. Instead, we're going to take a look at some of the races and candidates that will have future effects on the laws and legislation across Montana. This is Eric Young with The Retort. Yes, it's that magical time that only comes around every few years, where endless ads tell you why this person is great and that person is terrible. Oftentimes back and forth and one after another. What I want to try and do here is provide a brief idea of what exactly is going on in Montana and what exactly is at stake this election season. Now, I won't bore you with all the details on every single race. I could do that, but that would get really long and really dull, and I think a few quick Google searches on what exactly you want to know more about would be much more beneficial to you out there. Montana's electoral ballot this year will feature candidates for its next governor, senator, house representative, attorney general, superintendent, and state auditor. On top of that, two districts in Montana's Supreme Court and three districts in the Public Service Commission are also up for election. 
The governor's race includes Republican Greg Gianforte, Democrat Mike Cooney, and Libertarian Lyman Bishop. Whoever's elected will oversee state agencies such as Fish, Wildlife, and Parks and present budgets to the state legislature. Republican Steve Daines and Democrat Steve Bullock are in the running for state senator, while Republican Matt Rosendale and Democrat Kathleen Williams are vying for the seat in the House of Representatives. Both positions will represent Montana in the U.S. Congress. The state's attorney general race is between Republican Austin Knudsen and Democrat Rafe Graybill and will oversee the state's Department of Justice along with all matters pertaining to state law and legal proceedings. The Secretary of State will oversee all state elections and will manage all state records and will be either Republican Christy Jacobson or Democrat Bryce Bennett. The Superintendent of Public Instruction will oversee all school districts K-12 and is down to the current Superintendent Elsie Arnson, a Republican, Democrat Melissa Romano, and Libertarian Kevin Leatherbarrow. Montana State Auditor protects the state's best interests by regulating investment and insurance industries who conduct business throughout the state. The candidates on the ballot are Republican Troy Downing, Democrat Shane Morjo, and Libertarian Roger Roots. The Montana Supreme Court races are the only nonpartisan ones on the ballot, as in not Republican versus Democrat, and will be between Lori McKinnon and Mike Black for District 5, and Jim Shee versus no one, because he's running unopposed. And finally, there's the Public Service Commission, whose job is to regulate specifically monopoly utilities such as energy and telecommunication industries across the state, where there is little economic competition and room for them to take advantage of this. Three of the five districts are up for election, with District 2 being between Democrat Valley McMurdy and Republican Tony O'Donnell, District 3 between Democrat Tom Woods and Republican James Brown, and District 4 between Democrat Monica Trinnell and Republican Jennifer Fielder. You got all that? I didn't even get to go into their individual views or campaign messages. So yes, this can be a little overwhelming to someone who's never voted before or someone not even registered to vote. But these are the people who are going to be running the state for the next four and in some cases six years. Further information on each of these candidates can be found on their respective websites or Facebook pages. They're all really good about going into detail about what their roles would be if elected and where they stand on specific issues. So if you do plan on voting and want to learn more, I strongly suggest you look into these candidates yourself. We do find ourselves in a unique position to make some pretty significant changes, though. Even in a state like Montana, the outcomes of this election will have long-term effects on everything from new and changing laws to the economy's development and access to health care. I spoke with MSUB's Associate Professor of Political Science, Paul Pope, to discuss some of the ramifications of this election cycle. Dr. Pope says the most common phrase used to describe the races has been exhaustion. This is due to both the added difficulties brought about by the coronavirus pandemic and how this has affected campaigners' messages. Without the ability to campaign much in person, everything was about what's on TV or the monitor in front of you uh, or what's you know, coming in the mail or coming in your email. You know, even the you know, famous political rallies have been not just subdued, In addition to the positions up for election, there are also some proposed laws and amendments on Montana's ballot. The most notable inclusion on the ballot are CI-118 and I-190, which would authorize legalization for non-medical marijuana and the sale of it to people over the age of 21, respectively, if they were both passed. Dr. Pope says this may influence on who exactly turns out to vote and which way their vote would lean. 
this time around, there's very little of that out there. And even when there is, like we have, there's a gun issue here in Montana, and it's getting almost no attention on the ballot. And, but the marijuana issue is huge. And that's a kind of wedge issue that I think is going to drive more uh, younger voters as well as more liberal voters to the polls than maybe we first expected. The gun proposal he refers to here is LR-130, which would remove local government regulation on firearms if it were voted in. This would include concealed carry firearms, which currently require a valid permit by the Department of Justice. But one thing that's at stakes and isn't mentioned on the ballot is the effect on college tuition from state legislators. That's something that'll probably affect you in the future, so you might want to look into how candidates feel about that. Dr. Pope explains how this decision stems from years of economic difficulties regarding Montana universities. Uh, the reason you're tuition is just that we have a lot of um, financial issues in the state with regard to education. Now, historically in the U.S., uh, we've seen a lot of decline in education funding, K-12, as well as universities. And uh, they've tied most of the funding to enrollment, so, so much so that uh, even a small en- enrollment decline, even temporary, has a significant financial impact, and it's very negative on the university. And you throw in the pandemic and the inability to have regular courses in person, which is the definite preference of students. Uh, you're creating a stress on the system, educational system that is in desperate need of an infusion of funding. And the easiest way to do that, of course, is increasing tuition. So this ticket really has everything on it. Maybe a new president, gun rights, legal weed, tuition, and changing the state constitution's language to match current initiation requirements for proposed amendments. Okay, so maybe not everything is super exciting or flashy. But that's no reason to skip going to the polls, signing up for mail-in voting, or even just registering to vote. There's still plenty of issues at stake here that we all care about, young, old, liberal, conservative, regardless. There's no better time than this particular election for those who still aren't registered to vote to ask themselves, what do I care about? What's important to me? What exactly affects me or will affect me? What sort of changes can I help towards? To answer these questions across MSUB, we'll turn to Jordan and Courtney will let us know how you can still register to vote. With the retort, I'm Eric Young. My name is John Lahi. I'm with the Retour. I went across MSUB campus where I conducted a survey with a total of 26 people to discuss and gain their opinions about the 2020 upcoming election. So the first question that I asked was, do they have any prior knowledge on who's running and why? Out of the 26 people, 16 people said yes, and 10 people said no. The most common answer that I received was both Steve Daines and Steve Bullock are both running for U.S. Senator. So for my next question, I asked the students, do they have any political affiliation? Seven students see themselves as Democrats, eight students see themselves as Republicans, and 11 students have no political affiliation. So for the next question that I asked was on the I-190 marijuana legislation. Surprisingly, it came right down near the middle as 14 people agree with the legislation while 12 people disagree with it. So for my final question that I asked the students was, are they registered to vote? I'm happy to report that 21 students are currently registered to vote, while five students are not. 
Overall, I learned that there is a wide variety of opinions here at MSUB, and although most students are ready to vote, there's still a lot of uncertainty on how exactly they'll vote on November 3rd. I'm Jordan Alahi with the retort. Thank you, Eric, for all that great information. I had no idea really who was running and for what, so that was really great to know. I'll definitely be doing lots of Googling before <laughs> I, I turn in my ballot. Yeah, I just uh, looked at my ballot today, actually, and uh, there's so much stuff on it that they you need like two pages for it. Right. There's just like one front side, back side, and then another piece of paper with just one extra thing on it. So. I know there's a lot at stake. I think honestly, what what I'm, it's all very relevant. But I think I'm really interested in that recreational marijuana bill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did a little bit of digging into that sort of the specifics. Basically, yeah, it's going to be. I think uh, I-190 specifically refers to the sale of non-medical marijuana, and it's going to be taxable. While CI-118 is specifically the age, like sort of, it sets the age on it, basically. And um, yeah, it basically, if it were passed, both of them, let's say, it would be taxed. It would obviously create jobs for dispensaries. Right. It would uh, reduce some charges and in some cases uh, resentence some charges. Say if someone got busted with holding some weed on them or something like that, yeah. they would need to take another look at that. So that might change the rate of crime in the state. It would, yeah, like I said, increase some revenue. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, what it does say specifically is it would be for the sales of marijuana. So it's not like everyone's taxes would go up. Right. If this were to be passed, it would be for everyone who purchased it, Buys it they would right. have the tax added to it, which would go to the state funding and state programming. Oh, yeah, yeah that's and, awesome. Uh, conservation. Uh, what else? I wrote some stuff down here. Anything for education? That'd be really fun. Uh, yeah, at the very least, it would educate public schools on like the health effects of marijuana, sort of like what they do with alcohol mm -hmm. and other drugs currently. Oh, so. interesting, yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I saw it would go to some uh, veteran services, conservation groups, uh, go towards healthcare, and just little local governments across the state of Montana. That would just be really helpful. I, who couldn't use a bunch more money in the state? I mean, everybody can use some more money. Yeah, and there's, of course, it should come as no surprise there are like detractors and people who are against uh, this passing. Right. Saying well, it would increase crime rates and more impaired driving and car impaired accidents. Impaired driving, and, yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, um, and they point to different states who have legalized it so much, but the data is just so all over the place that you can't really find anything consistent or concrete with yeah with uh, statistics like that. In a year, it would be like maybe 50 million extra dollars for the state of Montana, so. Nice, I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah, you could probably do something with $50 million. Oh, probably a little something here and there. I really wanna talk about the gun rights bill that's being passed as well um, and what that what the specifics of that are. That was another thing I was pretty unaware of along with the, the tuition issue that Dr. Pope mentioned. But uh, basically, you know, there's so many different concerns and issues with gun rights, but this is a pretty gun-friendly state regardless yeah. with Montana. I didn't realize though that uh, 
individual districts and local governments from like a town to town, like city to city basis, they have their own sort of regulations and how they deal with concealed carries and stuff. There is a state mandate for concealed carries and obviously you can't bring a gun into a public school mm -hmm. or anything like that. But this would basically just uh, simplify it across the entire state so you don't have to look into the specifics for each individual local government. Okay. So it it's it's kind of just making a statewide like blanket statement. Uh, yeah. Kinda? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Okay. So if this got passed, what would happen? Um, it would just, uh, like I said, simplify the whole process. Like I, I'm understanding that uh, concealed carries, you would just need to get the permit, the state issued permit, go through that whole process. And wherever you go across Montana, it would be good to go. Okay. Did they mention anything about background checks? No, uh, that's actually, one of the concerns that people have with this, uh, they argue because, you know, concealed carry, it would make it a lot easier because if it's a concealed carry, you wouldn't assume as much. And they're worried that that might encourage uh, minors or illegal citizens or uh, people with convicted of felons, them getting a concealed firearm when they're, even if this were passed, wouldn't be in a position to, to have one. Really? So... So would this make it easier for them to get? It would make it easier for everybody, basically, which yeah. is the the potential concern with it. I, that is very concerning. That is very concerning to me. As someone who fully supports background checks, I don't think this is lining up for anything very good to happen in the future. It just kind of scares me a little bit. And, you know, uh, the typical argument you'll hear across Montana is that uh, the right people would obey the law and respect the law as much as they do their firearm, you know, because they, they understand it's something not to be trifled or mess around with. Yeah. So that's the hope. And the hope that they're arguing is that uh, it'll sort of, like I said, break down a lot of the red tape and sort of complications that are currently in place that they feel like don't need to be there. I mean, I was born and raised in Montana. I fully support guns for hunting, sport, personal protection, but... There's just something scary, I think, just around the corner that we haven't really uncovered yet with with all these gun gun rights issues. And um, yeah, so that's just concerning to me. I'll definitely be voicing my concerns on my ballot. Oh yeah, I've, I've lived here my entire life too. So I've heard just about every, every argument there is for and against guns. So it'll be interesting to see for sure just how it ends up post uh, November 3rd. Yeah, very interesting. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for it. It can't come soon enough, I if know. you ask me. <laughs> Hello, my name is Courtney, and today I'll be talking about the importance of voting and how to register. Voting is very important for everyone who can to do so. Getting registered to vote is super simple as well. In Montana, there are two ways to register. You can either register by mail, which all you need to do is print out the voter registration card, fill it out, and mail it in by October 26th, or you can register in person on Election Day. There are three ways of voting as well. They have the polls where you go to a location to vote. They have the absentee ballots, which come via mail. These are for people who cannot come to the polls for different reasons, like military stationed overseas, college students who are in another state or country. There is a few religious reasons 
One could not go to the polls. Uh, there's medical reasons like being in the hospital or even those in prison who are still allowed to vote. The third is a mail-in ballot. However, one thing you need to understand is every absentee ballot is a mail-in, but not every mail-in is an absentee ballot. Mailing in a ballot is for, have, you have no like physical liabilities to make it to where you can't go in, but some states do mail-in. Now, we live in a country where our voices can be heard. Not every country has that happen. I believe it is imperative that we use our freedom to go out and vote, especially women. We didn't always have the right to be heard, but we do now, so we need to use our voices and make a change in our world. Everyone is always talking about how they want a change. They don't like what's going on, and they want a change. They want to make a difference, but they don't vote. Not voting is not making a difference. So we need to go out, get registered, and vote and make our voices heard. Very well said, Courtney. Thank you for all the information on registering to vote. And I agree, this is a very, very important election coming up and everybody needs to be out voting. I cannot stress that enough. It is the most important election in my lifetime for sure. And I cannot wait to see the results. Yeah, I'm glad she went into the differences between absentee ballots and mail-in ballots because I had always wondered if there was a difference there, but apparently there is, so. Yeah, I did not know that either. Yeah, and of course, given the the crazy circumstances that this year has brought us, uh, it, it almost seems like a no-brainer. To... Right. Mail-in ballots are going to be very popular this year, and surprisingly against President Trump's wishes, I guess. <laughs> um, it just makes total sense to me to mail in your ballot in in a pandemic, you know, we can't have groups in Montana right now. We can't have groups of more than 25 people. I can't see that being possible at an election polling place. Yeah, I just, I think that's kind of interesting because there was that case brought to the Supreme Court. Ultimately, it was ruled that uh, Steve Bullock's uh, actions to allow mail-in ballots across Montana, I think it was like 46 of the 51 states, something like that. But just for COVID reasons, not political reasons, there's going to be plenty of mail-in ballots available to everyone to vote. And I think that's interesting because it's Montana. Plenty of people are going to vote for you, dude. (laughs) You don't got to worry about it. Right. And I just want to clarify, uh, Yellowstone County can have groups no larger than 25 people. And I don't think that this is very uncommon for Montana uh, since we are mostly comprised of rural counties and rural towns that get mail-in ballots every year as, as a normalcy. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a change for Montana, actually. No, I mean, when I got registered to vote, that was like the first thing I did with it is to get a mail-in ballot just because I've heard stories about just standing in line and waiting and it just seems like an unnecessary process to do it the traditional way at least in my opinion yeah i always felt that way i definitely agree i always get i have always gotten mail in so but yeah no it'll be interesting to see because there is a lot of talk because of the or the results getting in earlier through mail-in votes or i guess it's the other way around but uh there might be a big difference in getting the election results due to the influx of mail-in ballots this time around Right. That'll be interesting to see. 
I, w- I would be expecting a delay. I mean, that's a lot of mail to sort through. I, yeah. I couldn't imagine sorting through it myself. My fingers would bleed. So <laughs> I can definitely understand a, a delay in the election results. But yeah, no, going back to uh, Jordan's results, it sounds like I was actually surprised to hear this, that a lot of voters here in Montana, even at MSUB, are already signed up for the mail-in ballots. So, so. Yeah, good job all you students out there registering to vote already. So, in case you all have been living under a rock... In other news... (laughs) (laughs) Halloween is this Saturday, the 31st. Um, Yeah, there's not going to be another episode until until after Halloween, is there? Yeah, no, there's not. Um, Eric, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? I sort of put my my Halloween plans on hold, hoping everything peters out till next year, but it's a toss-up between... Have you seen the movie Natural Born Killers? No. I'm going to be Woody Harrelson and Natural Born Killers. Man, Look it I love up. Woody he looks Harrelson. cool. He looks badass. Either that or Pee Wee Herman. Oh, that's hilarious. I am going to be the bride from Kill Bill. I just got oh, the shoes. that's cool. I know. That's cool. I know. I'm super pumped. You I got just your got sword? the shoes. I don't have the sword yet. The shoes were the main thing I needed, and I got them. So I'm like, oh, whew. Um, but yeah, you'll probably see me in a long-haired blonde what, wig. What know. were her shoes? I don't even remember what her shoes They're were. They're the yellow Asics. The they've got the black stripes on the side. Oh, okay, just to go with the whole yeah. the whole getup. Nice. Yeah, That's I really know. cool. Great Amazon steel there. Um, but yeah, I don't plan on going out for Halloween either. I'm just gonna be sitting in my costume at home, eating a bunch of candy. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, I got a pretty solid curation of crazy horror movies that I need to get watching so yeah I was, I think, I'm I thinking was that's what say, I'm gonna do yeah I was gonna say horror movie marathon for me and my roommates probably oh yeah <laughs> lots that's of candy yes Halloween's the best but stay safe folks yeah definitely I, I did hear somebody talking about the the COVID way to hand out candy and it was <laughs> through a six foot long PVC pipe just shooting on just out a little to the kids. water slide of candy yeah I think that's a great idea it's super fun if yeah. you got the little little mail slot on the older houses, yeah, shoot just, candy out just, of it. Just chuck it at them, honestly. They'll <laughs> catch it. Probably in their mouths. That sounds really fun. I would love yeah, that as a kid. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Have them catch in their bag. Yeah, no, you, could, right. you, could, you could have some fun with that. Lots of ways to hand out candy this year, so don't forget to do that for all the little kids. So even if we can't go out this year, everybody better snuggle up in their costume on the couch and watch a good old horror movie. Eat lots of candy and enjoy your Halloween. We will see you all after the election. Dun dun dun! (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Hive Podcast. You can follow the retort on Instagram and like us on Facebook for more content. Feel free to reach out with ideas for future episodes through our social media or email us at retort at msubillings.edu. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode was sponsored by MSUB's student government, ASMSUB.